welcome to Las Doctoras podcast. Led by our intuition, we are creating space for conversations, asking critical questions, and interrogating the oppressive systems of power we live in. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a Cancer sun and moon with Pisces rising, mother of water. I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, they, Virgo sun, Aquarius moon, Gemini rising, mother of earth. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom. Our work is to heal the wounds of generational trauma that is of white male and cis hetero supremacy, all while we create a way of being that celebrates, truly revels in the joy of our families and our community. Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection, immersed in compassionate self-awareness and courageous action. Come, sit at our kitchen table, sip on some tequila with us, and let's change our world. Salud! Everyone, welcome to our podcast. We're going to be talking about grief and our beloved dead, and so Renee is playing me a video. Oh, from La Santa C- Oh. Have you seen this? No. I've only heard it because it's on our one of our playlists, right? I don't think this one is, but it should be. But you gotta... La tristeza y de mis ojos que lloran en silencio por Me miro en el espejo y veo en mi rostro el tiempo que he sufrido por tu adiós. Obligo a que te olvide el pensamiento. Obscura soledad estoy viviendo 
más triste recuerdo Como quisiera que tú vivieras, que tus ojitos jamás se hubieran cerrado nunca, que estar mirándolos, amor eterno. So good. I mean, her her tears falling down, and then when she gets choked up that? in that one oh moment, my God, every single I time. No, oh, I remember the first time I saw that, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It always sounds when someone else is crying, right? Like when you crying. started crying, I'm oh. like, oh. Um, and I'm reminded too, like I have a CD of theirs, um, the Santa Cecilia when they were earlier on and it's an old school one I think it's not they're not even called you know Santa Cecilia they're like it's like the but um and um because I saw them in little Tokyo like so so long ago yeah and um oh god though (laughs) (laughs) that song oh my god yeah I've been listening to it so I'm like oh I think that would be a good thing to kind of get us in this in this mood for this conversation (laughs) yeah um we're coming up to the dia de los muertos we will be releasing another episode where we talk to death doulas or end of activists end of life doulas and grief activists as they refer to themselves it's beautiful. And we thought it would be important for us to have this conversation. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting how we have, you know, the conversation on menstruation or money. I felt like we were both nervous. I feel like I, when you were like, we're, t- we're having a podcast recording today. I was like, yeah, I know we are. Are we, are we ready? Are we ready for that? <laughs> are we ready to go down? You know, honestly, I, I, there's a part of me that, aside from finding it therapeutic, uh-huh. you know, there's a part of me that finds it very validating to speak to my experience of loss and grief. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because again, it, I don't have to hold on to it. You know, I don't have to like keep it inside and it allows me to process. And I think um, it keeps my my father's memory alive yeah. I think that that was something the hardest part for me when um when my dad died was to think like what 
what is life going to be like without him? And, uh, and people would often like be afraid to talk to me about him because they were afraid to make me sad or afraid to make me cry. And, yeah. and, um, and obviously I would cry and I would be sad, but I didn't want that to be the reason that they didn't talk about him because that was worse. Yeah. You know, that was worse for me. Um, you so if that. you don't mind, <laughs> I would love to, to start, um, yeah. by, telling a little bit of the story of of my father's death I think you should do that I want to say I just want to affirm you know I'm doing that parasite cleanse with Daniela that you did and drainage pathways is one of the Mm -hmm. things and I was surprised to see um crying (laughs) along with sweating and you know um I just yeah, I think we are doing mm-hmm. something important. So yeah, please, I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I will say that we're, uh, so aside from Day of the Dead, we're also coming on the seventh anniversary of my father's death. He, I always forget the date. It was it was two days before Thanksgiving 2014. Mm-hmm. So whenever that was, November 24th, I want to say something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it was 25th something mm-hmm. um can look so i remember that uh the so in 2014 we were actually together on day of the dead we were at my brother's house for halloween and then we set up a small little altar and my dad was there and then they were leaving to my mom and dad were leaving to cabo it'd be the 25th it'd be the 25th the 25th mm-hmm. my mom and dad were leaving to cabo uh like you know, a couple days later or something. So we, um, so they went to Cabo and I was pregnant with Santos. And I remember that um, I was, and Cruz was not even two years old yet. And I remember talking to my dad while they were in Mexico and I was excited because we had just signed up Cruz for soccer. And, you know, obviously in that was a big thing for us. My dad is a big, huge soccer player. So I was like, so excited and like, dad, Cruz is going to play soccer. Like I couldn't wait for him to come back and see Cruz playing soccer. Um, on the trip, my dad started to feel sick. Yeah. And, um, we know now that he experienced a heart attack, um, and was able to somehow, I guess it was a mild heart. We don't know exactly the details, but he felt sick pretty much the whole trip. When he got back, he continued to feel sick. Um, He went to the doctor and um, at first they thought it was pneumonia because there was fluid in the lungs. Again, now we know what, you know, what was really going on. And then, you know, it was a Friday and I went to drop off cruise at my parents' house to watch him while I went home and graded papers. And my dad, I remember in that morning saying, oh, I'm going back to the doctor. And he, he said, don't be surprised if they admit me. And I, and my dad was always a hypochondriac. So I was like, okay, dad, whatever. You're being so dramatic. Like I really said that, you know? And, um, so I went home, I was grading and they were awful. <laughs> Papers were awful. <laughs> and I was like, and I like, I put the papers to the side and I was like, 
I think I was, I needed to just get my mind off of how awful these papers are. (laughs) And so, and then, and then Tommy calls me and he says, Oh, you know, we, I'll meet you at your mom's house. Your dad is having a heart attack. And I was like, what? Now, retrospectively, I know I was in complete denial. And I was like, no, it's fucking crazy. Like my dad, no, he's so dramatic. So I got in the car um, and I told Tommy, why didn't my mom call me? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'll meet you at your mom's house. Went to my mom's house. We went to the hospital. Your mom had called Tommy instead Uh of calling you. Yeah. I don't think she could handle talking to me about it. So she called Tommy because it was easier for her to do that. Yeah. So, um, so we went to the hospital and, um, and, and yeah, Cruz was in a stroller. I was pregnant. My grandmother was with us. And so the doctor's like, Oh, or they sat us in a room and said, Oh, the doctor will be with you in a minute. So we called my brother to have him on speakerphone. The doctor explains to us that essentially, yeah, he, he suffered a heart attack and that their the heart, it, they have to, perform this surgery on the heart but because they gave him blood thinners because they thought once they were able to get in and see that he had already had a heart attack and he was this was the aftermath but at the time they thought he was in the middle of a heart attack so they give blood thinners that's a protocol so the doctor said something to the effect of um he has we have to do the surgery but because he's on blood thinners it's very, it's a high risk surgery because if his blood is, if his blood can't clot. So we're going to try to wait it out a few days until his blood starts thickening, you know, clotting again, and then we'll perform the surgery. They said, if he, if we can wait a few, if we can wait a few days, it'll be more successful. If he, if he can't endure the pain, cause he was in pain, if he can't endure the pain and we have to go into surgery now, it's, it's a very, very, very Mm. high risk, Mm. like pretty much saying, you know, he's not going to survive. So I said, and then again, I was like, no, but they have to try, but they have to, they have to try. I said, yeah, my dad, no, my dad's fucking strong. Like he's going to do it. So I told my mom, so then we were finally able to go and see my dad. um, Cause they did like this kind of mm, temporary thing to kind of, I think it was like a stint or something. So we were able to go see my dad. My dad was in the hospital bed. I, I write, I, I wrote this story for St. Lunita of the last time that I, I talked with my dad and, mm-hmm. you know, saw fear in his face in a way that I'd never, ever, ever seen in my dad before. And the first thing he said when I saw him is, where's Cruz? And I said, oh, they won't let him up here. You know, he's, he's downstairs with Tommy. Having all this conversation, he was so worried about like insurance with so so much about things but he was like you have to make sure that you know you look it up and make sure that everything is covered I'm like dad like you're in your (laughs) hospital like you don't even worry about that and he's like and he literally looked me in the eye and he's like I need you to make sure that everything is covered I was like okay dad okay 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 and then uh you know and I'm like and I'm trying to like make him laugh because he's a very he was a very funny guy and so to not hear him laughing was very strange for me when's and your dad's birthday again I don't I don't even January know January 8th he's a Capricorn oh yeah mm-hmm. and um so it was really strange so I was trying to like be funny and then he tells me you know he says um looks me and he looks at me and he's kind of you know whatever and he goes if anything happens write the book and I was to me of course those sound very much like last words like dying words and I was like 
in my head, I was like, you're not dying. Why are you telling me last words, right? Like, why are you giving me something that a dying man would say? And I was like, dad, like, stop it. You know, I was, I was like, I really, really was in denial that this was even real. You know, I was like, why are you joking about the possibility of you dying? That's not going to happen, you know? And so when I said, I was like, dad, stop it. You know, when he said, you know, if anything happened, he looked at me, if anything happens, write the book. And I was like, dad, stop it. And he's like, oh, I'm just kidding, you know? <laughs> and then the doctor comes in and reiterates, yeah, you know, we're going to try to wait it out to see blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, mom, let's just go home to get some rest. I need to eat. I hadn't eaten. Let's, let's go home, eat. And then, you know, um, and then I told him, and then I'll drive you back. And then you can stay here with him tonight and I'll come tomorrow or, you know, we'll go from there. Okay. So we go home. My mom drive, ends up driving herself back after we go home. I was eating. Then we were at my mom's house and then, oh, cause Tommy had to go drive my mom back to the hospital. So Tommy comes back, picks me up. We're mm-hmm. on our way back to our house. And my mom calls me up and says, he's going into surgery right now. And they and had, so all I had, could they, had they moved him? Cause I, I remember he like you in, were... he, he was at this point, he's in intensive care. Okay. He's in the intensive care unit. And so uh, on the way home, um, you know, my mom said he's going into surgery. So all I could remember was the doctor saying, if he goes now, it's a high risk, yeah. you know. And so I get I'm like, OK, mom, I'll figure out what we're going to do. I get off the phone and Tommy immediately glow, goes into like, OK, I'll tell the I'll tell my parents to come and stay with Cruz and we'll go to the hospital. And I'm like, I, I was like, what? Like like, like I was, I told Tommy, you need to slow down. Like I'm still digesting this information. I go, you need Mm -hmm. to slow down. So I got home Mm -hmm. and I went into the bathroom, closed the door and I almost vomited. Like I was Mm -hmm. nauseous and it wasn't morning sickness. It was just this overwhelm of like, what the fuck is happening? I took a shower. I came out. I said, okay, tell your parents to come. Yeah. Stay with Cruz here. I want him to be in this house because he was not even two years old yet. You know, I said, have your parents come here. They can stay here at our house and we'll go be with my mom at the hospital. We go to the hospital, which is weird. It's Lakewood Regional. That's where he was. And uh, we go to the hospital and it was my mom, and my grandmother. And so we're there all night. It was like, and they originally, they said, I think it was supposed to be like a few hours and ended up being like eight hours Um, all night, all fucking night. And I'm like, oh, we're trying to sleep. And uh, it was just torture. In those hospital waiting rooms, those hospital like lobbies, it was the lobby because it was the middle of the night. So they weren't even fully functioning yet. Like they weren't even completely open. So the doctor comes out and he just looked like he ran a marathon. Like he just, you know, it's a surgeon. And he comes out and uh, he says, it was worse than we thought. Um, I, I did my best. Um, if, if he survives, he'll still need more surgery. But I don't think that he's going to make it. And I, um, I don't even know, I've never experienced that kind of emotion, never in my life. It was like this guttural from the bottom, the pits of my 
stomach. I just, it was a cry and a yell all at the same time, but not like a, a wailing yell. It was like a, like a, like this, like, Ooh, it was audible. Like you did it was that audible. Right like and just- I just, and then I just fell into my mom. And all I remember was Tommy immediately got on the phone and called everybody. And he called my brother first. And then, and my grandmother was there and she just was, you know, she didn't even know what to do and um, call everybody. And then it was a fucking circus for like days. So my cousin shows up, my aunt shows up, like every, literally everybody and their fucking mother showed up. People who I hadn't, family members we hadn't talked to in months, in years, people driving out from all places of the country. Like it was fucking madness. It was madness that day. You know, I hadn't slept all night and then people showing up, you know, my, my dad wasn't talking to his sister at the time. And they were like, well, should we call her? And I was like, you can call her, but I'm not calling her, you know? And, um, and to mind you, oh. I had when him, him and his sister were having issues, I said, Dad, are you sure you don't want to talk to her? Are you sure you don't want to make amends? And I don't know why I kept saying this. This was like a year before I said, Dad, I don't want you to be on your deathbed and having any regrets. And he told me two, three times, I don't have any regrets. I have my family. I have you all. I have my grandkids. If my sister can't, basically, if my sister can't get her shit together, I'm fine. I don't need that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I had no qualms about it. So mm-hmm. I was like, look, he's he's got a clear conscience. There's nothing he he's he's holding on to, you know? Yeah. But she came, of course, and it was on her. She had her guilt, you know, that she had to process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, uncles that I hadn't seen in years, years, okay, <laughs> years. All of a sudden they were in there, like they had a fucking place. And I was like, what? Like y'all can show up for us in life, but you're going to show up now that he's on his deathbed. Like, yeah, it was, it was just, it was a circus. There's no other way to explain it. It was a circus for days. And then, um, and then at some point, because he's, he's a Kaiser patient, they had to transfer him to, and it was, he needed a transfer to a better facility anyway, to a facility where they specialize Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. because, okay. So the doctor says, He's not going to make it, but you know, there's a small chance, right? So he's, he's hooked up to like a million machines, blood transfusions up the wazoo, but unconscious. And so they said, okay, we're going to transfer him to um, the Kaiser facility in Hollywood where there's, they have all the technology for this type of situation. So they literally had to airlift him. Okay. (laughs) Like airlift him. Um, my mom had to be there until they took him and then drive over to to Hollywood um, to be with him. So then it was like five days in Lakewood, five days, another five days, um, or maybe it was less, like three, maybe it was a couple days we were in Hollywood and we were like, fuck, how long, how long is, is he going to be like this? Because there would be moments of consciousness, right? Like he would kind of come in and out. And so my brother and I were like, well, mom can't be driving back and forth. So let's get her an Airbnb you know, and see, you know, and, and just like, uh, what is it like, you know, just for weeks, you know, just like in, in perpetuity until we need it. Yeah. So we found a place, uh, a small little, like one bedroom Airbnb. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I went to go pick up the keys and I took them to my, I think I forgot how it worked. I picked up the keys, took them to my mom 
and I saw my dad in the hospital and they were about to take him in to run um, all these tests to see what was happening. And I was in the hospital room, I was in his room and they were kind of trying to, they would kind of try to take the medication down to see if he would, you know, come, come wake, awake. Uh, yeah, be awake. Uh, mm-hmm. And as soon as they would bring the medication down and he would start to get conscious, he would start to like rash, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, like he, I just kept seeing his head like nod, like, no, no, no. And I saw that. And I, in that moment, I was like, he's done. You know, there's just like, this is just for us. And so I knew that in my heart, but I didn't say anything out loud. And I called my brother on the way home and I said, you know, I said, I think, I think we have to let him go. I said, I think that us keeping him on all these machines is not what he wants. Mm -hmm. I said, I think we just, I think it's for us. And I think we just have to let him go. And in the middle of that conversation, he got, he was getting a call from my mom. So he's like, Oh, I'll call you back. I said, okay. So I get, I pull up to um, my house and I used, I was parking in the back alley of my house. I park, I pull up, my brother calls me right as I'm parking. And he says, um, yeah, they ran all the tests and there's nothing, there's nothing we can do. You're right. We need to let him go. And he says, and mom agrees. So I think we're just going to take him off everything tomorrow. And I said, okay. I said, what do we do? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, are you going to come? He's like, I don't know. Cause he was in San Diego at the time. (sighs) Yeah. I said, I said, he's like, well, let me, let me, you know, he had to talk to his family and I'll figure it out. And I said, okay, I hung up the phone. And again, I had another just visceral moment of crying and I was in the car and I just started hitting everything. Like I just started like, I don't know, like I, I, it was an out of body experience. Like I was so upset and so angry and so sad. And I was like hitting everything around me in the car. I just want to like, you are like, this is like day five or something. No, this right? is day nine. Day nine from from so he he went into the hospital on a Friday. This is because now, he was, and he was in Acapulco, or no, he was somewhere. He was right? in Cabo, like, yeah, in Cabo. They came back. He came back. You know, I think I forget what day of the week he came back, and then Friday they finally admitted him to the hospital. So a whole week. Now we're talking. It's been a week, and then it's on Monday. A Monday. We get this news. Mind you, I had been working. My brother went to work. And that was a big question, too, when my brother was here. And he's like, should I go back home? We don't know how long this is going to be. And I, in my heart, really wanted him to stay because I was like, I can't fucking do this and deal with this circus of a mess of our family by myself. But he ultimately decided to go back home to his family and he was working and I was working, which I don't know how the fuck we did that. Like, how the fuck did we work when our dad was dying in the hospital? Like, I still don't know how we both did that. Like, but it was day nine. And I just want I just wanted to say and day nine, you really just let go, let go. I mean, that is it was. And then so we so. I, I called Tommy from out the front of outside and he's like, and I told him and I go, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go in and face Cruz. Like, I don't know how to talk to him. I don't know how to say anything. And he's like, just come inside. So I go inside and Cruz is just doing his cruise thing. And Tommy starts crying, which. Yeah. 
you know, that's really hard to see. And we're both crying and we're just like trying to figure out. He's like, what is, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And so then my brother calls me back and he says, we're in the car, we're on our way down. And I'm like, where are you going to go? And he's like, we'll go to the place that mom is staying at in Hollywood. I said, fuck, I have the key. Okay, I'll meet you there. So it was my brother, his wife, his two kids, me, Tommy and Cruz all staying in this little tiny one bedroom Hollywood apartment. Yeah. We get there in the middle of the night. Because your mom's at the hospital. My mom's at the hospital. And she was like, don't come, though. You don't need to come. Like, I'll just be here. And I'm like, and my brother's like, "Uh, no. So we we go we get to Hollywood at like I don't know what time it was like it was late it was late the kids are asleep already I and then my brother gets there he's like let's go so we go and my mom had no idea that we were gonna be there so we show up you know and we're just talking to the doctors and they're like yeah so I don't even know why we waited but we ended up I think we went back to the Airbnb slept the night. And then came back the next morning and um, just, oh, that's what it was. My mom wanted to have last rites, even though he had already, we'd already done it at the other hospital. <laughs> she wanted like last, last rites. <laughs> so, so we called the church in the morning. And so, and then we were waiting the whole day basically for the priest to come. The priest came. So, um, and then Tommy stayed with all the kids. Um, uh, my brother's kids and my kids and then my brother-in-law was also there um, Tommy's or no my brother's sister's brother anyway so they were with the kids we were um, we were at the hospital and he got last rites and then they took him off the machines and it's a very surreal thing because you're like at what point yeah does it count like because all you just see because there's this this monitor with all the numbers you know and I and I at the time I knew what all the numbers meant because we were like highly monitoring everything and then you just see them going down and down and mm-hmm. down. all the numbers you know heart rate heartbeat everything and then it, it doesn't ever get to zero but at some point the doctor's like yeah that's it like you know we're gonna call it like that's mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna call it and my mom you know lost it not lost it but she was just having a hard time and I don't I don't even know how to explain that moment of just watching the numbers like you're, you're watching them fade away on this monitor mm-hmm. mind you here's the other crazy thing mm-hmm. the riots in Ferguson mm-hmm. had happened that summer and so there were trials mm-hmm. and they were acquitted within those nine ten days so there were riots in Ferguson on the TV while my like literally it was on the TV while my dad's dying and I'm like why the fuck do we have this on the TV and I had to like find the remote and turn it off it was the strangest thing and um god it just sounds like a hospital doesn't it just like something crazy and so we're yeah it was me and my mom and my brother and his wife and then my brother's best friend um he just had happened to like because he was in the military he happened to be anyway so yeah, he was there with us and Tommy was with the kids. And it's I, I to me, that's that was I think we had already kind of processed some of it. To me, the big moment was when we decided like, OK, we're going to yeah. do this. And that was a really hard moment. But then <laughs> to me, the next few days were funny. It's like this weird Mexican dark humor. Funny. OK, 
immediately like within hours maybe even yeah. less the the nurses were like okay so what mortuary is he going to i'm like what the fuck like i don't even do i have a mortuary in my back pocket like how, how do you make these decisions but tommy's parents know fucking everybody and i knew they know everybody because they're just that those type of people in in our community so i was so i called tommy i'm like hey i think your parents know a mortician <laughs> i think they have the hookup can you call them and see because we need to figure out where to take the body and literally within an hour the the mortuary had called and yeah. um and set it all up however it was two days before Thanksgiving. So the holiday was going to create this whole thing. <clears throat> and then another circus happens because, of course, we had to call everybody and say, you know, that he was gone. And some people were upset that they weren't allowed to be in the room. It was a whole fucking mess. And at this yeah. point, after 10 days of a circus, I was pissed. I didn't want to see nobody. I was like, nobody deserves to be here. Like, why is everybody here? It should just be me. Yeah. And my mom and my brother and that's it, you know. <laughs> um, so then we had to call everybody and I was the only one who was in touch with all his family in Mexico. So I had to call them over there. And then my phone was ringing off the hook with all these Mexican numbers, you know, all these numbers from Mexico. And I was like and at some point I literally threw my phone and I said, heck, my brother, I was like, you fucking handle it. I am not answering any more of these calls like you like it was I, I was like, how do you even deal with this and then people were calling and wanting to know all the details of like how to have yeah what, 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 what. <laughs> I'm like i like when and, did he get his last rights when yeah when like all this like crazy shit and i'm like what the fuck and then we had to tell my niece so my niece was really oh, she was she was like five? she was the only one who could kind of, i'm trying to remember cruz was almost two and he and she's five years older than him so she was seven yeah oh um not even seven yet i think she was like because their birthdays are in December. So she was about to be seven. He was, Cruz was about to be two. Just thinking and, of telling Jaguar and Santos, basically like <laughs> yeah, what? Right. And so, because I was in bed with Cruz, Cruz was sleeping. And then they're like, oh, they're going to tell Bella. So I go over there and everybody fucking lost it, you know, because she lost it. You know, she started crying and it was, that was really hard. That was a really hard moment to tell like a seven-year-old, you know, um, and then I yeah. was falling apart over here. <laughs> and I, I didn't know. And I just um, I just can't imagine. Yeah. You know, like, and then uh, and then the next day I'm like, we're almost done. The next day we no, were in Hollywood and we're trying to, like, figure out what to fucking do. And we have this Airbnb. So we're like, you know what? Fuck everybody. <laughs> we're not we're going to go off the grid. So we literally went off the grid for a day and we all went. We went to the Griffith Observatory, oh. which was like down the street from where we were staying. Wow. So we, yeah, we said, fuck it. We're not answering our phones and we're just going to go to the Griffith Observatory as a family. And we did. And we saw the sunset and it was like, you know, and we were in contact with some people about making arrangements, but nobody that we didn't want to talk to, you know, and the next day was Thanksgiving. (laughs) So we wake up Thanksgiving morning, Tommy and my sister-in-law take the kids home and me and my brother, my mom go to the mortuary to make arrangements thanksgiving morning okay thanksgiving morning we (laughs) go to the mortuary and we're doing all these arrangements and my dad was pretty clear about what he wanted so we were pretty clear about what we wanted you know when we went to the mortuary it was very we were there like an hour we're like okay he wants to be cremated blah 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 and even the lady was like 
you guys are the easiest family I've ever <laughs> dealt with because <laughs> we weren't arguing. We weren't like, it's you know, interesting, it's like- you know, when you have a, a family member who says, you know, as a, has a hypochondriac, right. Or something like that, you kind of, <laughs> people, they, they talk about those things, you know? So, so and then we had to plan. So the, because of the holiday, the body wasn't going to be able to make it to the mortuary until like the next week. And then it, because it was cremation, that takes another week because they have to do an, it, there's just all these, all this paperwork that needs to happen before yeah. other the next step happens. So what, what, what it was going to do was continue to delay the services. And we're talking Thanksgiving. This is going to push it into Christmas. And I was like, nah, fuck that shit. Like I want to, I was, I want to get this over with. I don't want to deal with this. So we decided to have a memorial with nobody, just like nothing. Like we didn't have the ashes. We didn't have nothing, but we were also afraid of what are people going to say and stuff. So we had, we had one final viewing that I didn't go to because I did not want to see my dad like that. It was mostly for his family to appease whatever shit that they might say, which some of them didn't even show up. But that's another story. (laughs) Um, So then we had so then we had his memorial. We had a rosary the night before, which was really nice. A lot of people showed up and we told everybody to show up in a soccer jersey. And so (laughs) I wore his jersey that he he was playing on a team. Uh, he had played in a tournament two weeks before and he won his team won the championship of this like over 65 tournament or some shit like that right or no over 60 because he was 61 at the time and so I was wearing his jersey and his whole team showed up with their jerseys and I about lost it when I saw that yeah and everybody sent flowers and it was a whole thing and then the day of the memorial we show up and I forgot yeah but he's a cop. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. show up and there's tons of cop cars. I was like, why are there so many cop cars at this at this funeral? And I'm like, oh fuck, they're here for my dad. They're all like my dad's colleagues and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, and here I am in the middle of like getting my PhD in ethnic studies, you know, in a yeah, yeah just like yeah, super yeah. like, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> the anti-police and shit. And I'm like, all right, okay, this is yeah, this is a cop funeral. And um, and I said my eulogy and it, that went really well. I was sometimes I wish somebody would have videotaped it. I know. Actually, there's a moment where I'm like, is there a do you have it written down? Can we I do it? have it written down? Would you down. want it? Would you want to put it like somewhere? I would, but I think there was things that I ad-libbed in the moment that I that are not captured in that that yeah, I would have totally. I would have liked, but um and so then we uh so then we yeah so there was the funeral the cop oh and of course so I held it together the whole time and then of course when a cop dies they had to do this whole ceremonial I forget what they call it right the whole like trumpet and the the flag yeah well that just yeah I lost it you know they and they play taps right someone the taps Uh, oh my god and he comes all the way from the back of the church and the flag gets presented to my mom Oh my God, we, everybody, the whole church lost it. We kept it together the whole time, except for this, this ominous music plays. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then it was just a weird, again, another circus. People were like bombarding my mom and I was trying to stay way out of it. I literally went to the back of the, 
we had the reception in the hall at the church and I like hid in the back somewhere with my food <laughs> and people were trying to talk to me and I was like, you know, I was trying to like run away. And I didn't want to talk to nobody. It's just weird to me. It was weird that I have to grieve publicly in front of all these people that I, some of which I barely know, you know, it was just very strange. Um, the last funny part is finally weeks later, we get the ashes. Okay. So we go pick up the ashes. And I was like, my mom's like, I don't, I don't think we should put them in the trunk. And I'm like, well, <laughs> where do we put them? She's like, I'm going to carry them with me. Okay. We get to my, her house and we have an urn. And so me and my brother are like, how do we put the ashes in the urn? Like, there's no tutorial for how to put. I'm imagining it, did, it didn't come. It didn't come all in a box. That's how it comes like, in a in a box, but it's a bag in a box. And then to put it in the urn, you have to pour them in the oh man urn. So all I'm imagining is just like ashes flying everywhere. And it's like, <laughs> how the fuck do we do this? Like the so, big Lebowski moment. <laughs> So we got the bag and we cut a hole in the corner and we start like siphoning it. Mind you. Okay. This is super dark, <laughs> I love but it. you can see the shards of bone. bone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so all of that kind of gets siphoned <sighs> into these, this urn. And then we, we wanted to spread some ashes. So, you know, uh, we put in little baggies. <laughs> to take to wherever we wanted to spread them and it, all we could do was laugh and I said yeah. my dad would have wanted us to laugh at this because yeah. this is like a silly thing and then some ashes did get on the kitchen counter and so my mom was there sweeping sweeping the ashes oh no <laughs> like to clean them up uh, you know mixed with probably crumbs and shit like who knows at that point but anyway your dad would have loved that too it's like oh some yeah tor- tortilla and like, <laughs> like ch- burnt, burnt yeah, tortillas yeah. were his favorite yeah. um so he is he's been spread um in the the marina in long beach there's also mm. a bit of him at the barcelona stadium uh. <laughs> and um where else do we spread ashes um oh well his final his urn is in uh, the cathedral that's right in downtown la where he was where he uh, grew up that's where he grew up in downtown la yeah. so it was really like a return home for him I still haven't been in that cathedral. You have I, not. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. I keep on. I was waiting to take. Um, it's a ha- tourist ha- ha- site. there, just because. And my, I gone when I was little. I went. But I can't. Well, maybe I didn't. I went to the old one, right? Or it was. I went. I actually probably went oh, to yeah. Ove- I went to Oveda Street. I went to the yeah, the um, La Placita. The yeah. Um, yeah, that's a different church, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really pretty. And my mom, it really meant a lot for her to have him there because he was we didn't we didn't even take him there for three years. He was on oh. the mantle for three years until my mom finally decided, oh, I think the cathedral is a good place. I was like, OK, so, yeah, so he's there and, and we try to go as often as we can. But I I do have a little bit of his ashes in a small little urn that I have. Yeah. And my brother has one, too. Um, so I have a little altar to him. I've, I I can picture it um, in your old house. I don't know yeah. why it's in your new house. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm still trying to find a good permanent spot, but it is where it is for now. Yeah. Um. But anyway, Thank it always you. feels good to tell that story yeah. because I think there's 
Um, and I think in our conversation with those death doulas, it's the like destigmatizing so much around death and like seeing what yeah. the full journey of that actually looks like without like allowing me to feel the full spectrum of emotions anticipatory grief you know Mm -hmm. um the ways that uh the loved one like deals or has talked about sickness or death you know like the cues I think knowing when to show up you know is such an interesting thing with what you're talking about and family dynamics culture Mexican culture stuff you know I think that's a that's a thing that like I just think, you know, I think about when we, because we, you know, we circulate in birth circles and there's always the idea of the cuarentena, right? And supporting the birth mother or the birth parent in that process. And it's like, how can we do that in a way for people dealing with loss as well, where the pressure isn't on them to do all of these things? Because that was the hardest part was like, we have to plan a funeral, we have to plan a reception, we have to do all these things and deal with the fact that we just lost somebody. Like, yeah. And I didn't even want to do that. I really didn't want to. I didn't no. want to be around people, but I had to because it was what was expected. And so I've, I've right, thought, your mom, like, it was expected that your mom wouldn't do that. So it's either you or your brother, but you're yeah. the, this oldest daughter. I'm the Anyways, oldest daughter. Just, there's just a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact that you're like so pregnant. You know, like, I was pregnant and everybody's like taking their shots like, oh, you know, for Hector. <sighs> and I was like, oh, here's my spray. Like, <laughs> Here's my ginger ale <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I'm fucking so pregnant hard. and I, I can't take it. Yeah, off. but I I am actually when I think about it I'm actually grateful because um I think if I had been able to drink that might not have been the best thing for me. I think it would have made me be I was I was kind of forced to feel a lot of things that yeah. I think had I been able to drink I would have been more prone to wanting to numb myself I mean I did I did numb myself just by disassociating so imagine if I had alcohol on top of that so and it wasn't until months months later until Santos was actually born that I was even be be able to begin my grief journey to really start to like process it you know when Santos was born the minute he came out I started bawling, you yeah. know, because I was like letting go of all of that shit. Yeah. I just also imagine, you know, when you've told that story and I was going to say, please, you know, you have to tell the story about Santos's birth and, and letting go. Um, I've, I've thought of it as like you held it in and then the birth just because he was no longer inside of you, you were able to just kind of grieve in a new way. Mm-hmm. And actually, as you were telling it now, I just kind of heard that maybe birth, you know, allowed you to really let go in mm-hmm. a bigger way too, you know? Um, oh yeah. I think I was, oh. um, I was holding it in because I was like, I can't, I can't go there. Right. I can't go wherever I might've go because I was, I had to be healthy for my baby and I had to, you know, I had a Mm. two-year-old. And so I, I didn't let myself, I didn't let myself go, you know, Mm -hmm. and everybody Mm -hmm. around me, okay. Was crumbling. My mom was crumbling. My brother in his own way, you know, was just at least what I was observing. Mm -hmm. Um, And there I was like, okay, I got to keep my shit together because I have this baby. Yeah. And so then I think, yeah, when he was born, I was finally able to, 
let go and be like, okay, I need to fucking have a breakdown now, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just been kind of incrementally over the years now having my moments of, okay, let me, let me allow myself to, to fall apart, you know, um, and experience that. But I, I want to, I want to make sure that you, you kind of talk about your own journey with grief and loss as well. Cause I know that I'm like, my dad died in 2014. And then I know your grandmother, it was like within 2015, 2016, maybe. Yeah. Cause I remember, remember it felt like it was very quickly after my, my dad. I always, I'm, it's the dates too. I can remember like, <laughs> no. it's, it's wild. I feel like I try to remember like every year, like I think my, my abuelo passed in May and then uh, my grand, my abuela passed. I don't even know. Yeah. You know, um, it, well, I, I want to say thank you. I just want to thank you. Like I was thinking even about like, like playing soccer or when you know when Hagorosito's out there I just think of your dad actually like I didn't I didn't grow up in a very soccer world I didn't have yes. access to those things and um but so many of the photos you have in the home and the photos I've seen are of him playing soccer yeah. and I just 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 warm just warms my heart so um I don't know something about dedicated to Hector you know <laughs> something yeah I I I truly believe he's he's out on the soccer field you know when I see my niece play and I'm like fuck she's everything he my dad I mean I played soccer but I was I didn't start playing until I was nine and it took me a long time to really come Mm. into my my self as an athlete and my niece started playing really young and she's been a a all-star since she's very young and I'm like man she's everything my dad wanted me to be you know and she's been able to it's been it clicked for her a lot earlier and I think I think it is my dad when I see her out on the field I'm like no that is my dad he's out there with her like that and that brings me comfort you know I'm like oh yeah he she's like this because of him from where he's at you know yeah I love thinking about that like that our beloved dead are with us in a deeper and a different way than they would be if they were with us in body, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I love that our kids are playing soccer like right now. You know, Jaguar just had his first game. Mm-hmm. He just loved it. He just loved it. He mostly just ran around. It was you so know. cute. It was so cute. I was like, "Balls, balls there." <laughs> Santos gets distracted. He's like, like catching butterflies over here, and I'm like, "The balls over there." <laughs> I was like, this like hamster just like running around uh, <laughs> it's a lot of feeling you know I think yeah um you know so so my experience with with death um and of family I mean I was at my my grand aunt Fita we were we went, went to her at her 100th birthday when she and she died on that day like mm. and um it is interesting how you know the cultura like we we go, we go to death, you know, like mm-hmm. I've always said, like, if we don't have celebrations of like uh, lifelong commitments slash weddings or something like that, <laughs> then um, people just come together for funerals, you know, it's yeah. just, mm-hmm. but it is, it is important to show up. I will say, I think, yeah, of course, <laughs> but it's also it important is. to show up for With other offerings. reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then also, yeah, to have come through in other ways. Yeah. Being the granddaughter, you know, in these death experiences, um, 
really is a different, right? So I did have like my Thea and my mom and uh, family doing kind of making those other choices Mm -hmm. um, around mortuary and what they want, conversations about Mm -hmm. can can their ashes be spread? You know, that whole whole thing, right? Like weird, like it's like a controversy to to get cremated. And I do love visiting my Lola passed when I was nine and um, she is buried in Los Angeles. You know, everyone's in LA and then my abuelos are buried in Riverside at the, um, mm. at the, is veteran. it Fort Lawn? No, it's at the veteran um, oh. place out way out in Riverside. And mm-hmm. so whenever I go to Joshua tree or something, I go and visit and um, they have a, their plot together. But they always had talked about getting buried, actually, in New Mexico. Mm. Um, there's a little cemetery there in Golondrinas. And um, so both of them, well, particularly my papa, when he passed, um, he had been on dialysis for like 10 years. And wow. And I was living on this farming community in the middle of (laughs) California and he called me and he said I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna stop dialysis Chris Mm. so it was like such an active choice you know Mm -hmm. for him and the year before had been that year when you know his license is taken away and Um, you know that whole story mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. and how um I mean, it's a, it's a strong narrative and getting older and how much mm-hmm. disempowerment that feels. And he was so angry. I remember he was trying to get me to like help steal the car, you know? <laughs> I love that. I mean, he's a Sagittarius, December 6th, like, you know, St. Nicholas, he's our, you know, mm-hmm. St. Saint, Saint Nicholas here. But, um, but when he called me and told me that I was just like, okay, um, and luckily, I feel really blessed to have when I you know I just have to talk about my abuelos and my dog, and I'll just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I feel really blessed to have um, in the the years before they, they he died, I had spent so much time with them. I we drove out to New Mexico, and I have a little book I I helped like fill out, you know, with them mm-hmm. and. So I have all this like precious time. So, so I get the call and he tells me and I said, okay, I'm coming. And um, I, I literally had driven in a, uh, like one of those old school, like hippie trailers, you know, like the, the <laughs> like, a, like an RV, like a, like a truck with like a little, a little house on the back. Like that's what I was staying in this place. And I literally said goodbye and I drove it off and I, <laughs> And um, when you tell stories, sometimes I'm like, who were you? Like you were, uh, you lived a different life. <laughs> it's just a part of the Gemini rising world or something like that. But um, yeah, photos, photos to come. Um, I think I named, I named the trailer Dianita because I was like, oh, you're like a trailer. Yeah. Anyways, I get, I get there and actually um, they had, they were living in La Mirada at the time and um he's he's already kind of asleep you know and Mm -hmm. um 
and my mom and my aunt were there and and my 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 grandma my abuela too and um it's this is where like Coco kills me actually I I know I know this story and I'm like waiting for the like I mean pre-Coco right I have (laughs) I know I know he has a song that he sang to me and I have his his old guitar and stuff and so I just busted out and I'm just like trying to, to sit with him um because I'm firmly believing like this moment is so important you know it's important for like the spirit going you know to the other side but also just like in so much gratitude because my relationship with my grandparents is so somatic it's so much in my body it has so much to do with like their hands and the way that they took care of me in so many ways and um so I'm also just trying to like really be present to like this beautiful body you know um mm-hmm. and so anyways I bust out the guitar and I start to sing um this song he used to sing to me when I was growing up it's an old it's um daisy daisy give me your answer do I'm half crazy over the love of you and he used to sing it to me and there's videos of uh in this, you know, the early 80s, where um, he recorded me on those big old camcorders, and I would just sing with him, and he'd be behind the mic, and then, so in this moment, he, he's, he's already seemingly asleep, and um, he just starts singing with me, you know, <laughs> and um, it's really soft, and he just kind of joins in, like, give me your answer, do and I have a video of it. (laughs) Like, cause my aunt came in and she videoed it. I know this is, you know, talk about family things and I should find it again. Um, What did everybody, what was everyone else's reaction? They were just quiet. You know, everyone. Wow. Cause it was a really small group, you know, maybe because so much of my, um, so much of so many so much of my family that my abuelas knew and loved um were are New Mexico or had passed already, you know. So it's interesting the difference in um in that time or were not available, you know, um because it's grandparents or I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. so she videoed it and then I feel like quite quickly um the nurse came in and just said, you know, he's, mm. he's transitioning. And, um, and I just, I just like held his hand for the longest time. And I mean, they had to tell, they, they said, you know, you need to let go of his oh. hand, you know, you need to let him go. Mm. And then it was the process of just kind of being a part of it with, um, and just also feeling extreme, like, doubts about it too like why does he have to go right now like Mm. why um like what's up with that you know and um also all the the questions around holidays and things I think and then that I went you know I was I just wanted to be a part of it as much as I could yeah I went to the cremation ceremony and I you know and I spoke at the funeral and we went to the burial you know the cemetery in riverside and everything and i am i think all those are so so important you know because of 
that's what our culture has is what it has right now you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but i do remember his um ashes coming in a square box mm-hmm. and we never opened it it was like oh, wood. Okay. it was very pretty oh it was it it was there must have I think, been something i think they um i think i remember if, if there's a charge to have them do, do it or something like yeah. that so yeah that's like you know we opted not to but yeah i imagine they probably just did it i yeah. do like your story imagining the, the baggies <laughs> and stuff and um so and then we so then um i feel like you know part of my death story with them is that my grandma was never the same you know like mm. it was they were so much together and he was so light-hearted and she had experienced so much trauma that she just always mm. never she went into like different stages of dementia around wondering where, where, you know, Manuel was, where, why she had gotten to certain places. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was a kind of a, a really slow, slow progress, you know, or slow, yeah. uh, I want to say decline, but like graduation or something mm-hmm. like to spirit mm-hmm. side, you know, and, um, and, and two, she was living in the Bay Area with my aunt, and I went to go be with her. And, and Jaguar was only like, I think, it was like a year and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. Must, have, must have been more like the spring, but. And I thought um, it was important for him to be there. He had met mm. her. Oliver dog was there, and he mm. saw her bedside, you know, and um, and it was just just this process of like holding her hand and and letting her transition and just kind of and maybe telling stories and of, of her and mm-hmm. how she meant to me and um and and that you know there wasn't a monitor like that you know I and and yeah I know that feeling like where I feel like everyone's wanting, wanting to call it, you know, like, oh, dead, you know, gone, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was just like, who the, who the hell knows, you know? <laughs> like who calls it? Like who, 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 who declares it? This nurse there, you know? And, yeah. um, and just wanting, just wanting to be there for as much of, of it as possible, you know? Yeah. And then also just feeling quite, um, a lot of uh, conflict internal feelings around uh, the, pro- the people coming in and taking the body or just like doing these very yeah. like mundane, um, mundane logistical but also in, they're trying to do it in a way that's like professional and it's just mm. like fuck, that's not possible like how is that even possible in this moment yeah you know, like, like it, it um, feels very state sterile yeah yeah I will say I am grateful that I have been at other deaths, like from other people in my like like larger family, where it was sudden, and the doctor didn't come out and say like, "I think it's you know I think it's over." Instead, they came out and said like, "I think they're gonna make it," you know, like, mm. and so it was like this roller coaster. I feel like I've been roller a part coaster. of other deaths, um, you know, timelines where it's just like that, and I've just. <laughs> or at least my abuelos you know they were older and I was just kind of like 
well, one was a choice and one was just like a slow decline, you know? So, Mm. and I, I, um, it is striking to me how different all of these spaces are. And so when we think about Mm -hmm. death doulas and grief activists, like, like births, you know, Mm -hmm. They just need to be so relational. Mm-hmm. Like it's just about like, if this, if like your father passed now, I'd be like, um, let's get an assistant for you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We're just going to hire someone there. Yeah. She's there. To She's come, the person come and to, do... to ask those questions, call all those people, you know, mm-hmm. do, you know, we need, mm-hmm. we need that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 100%. I think. And, and I, I think a big thing that is hard is the, um, you know, because we talked about people showing up only at funerals or whatever. And I think that that has a lot to do with like guilt, like people showing up yeah. at the end because it's real. And then the, then all of those feelings of like, oh, what should I have done? Or, and I, for all the different roller coaster of grief that I've had, that's really one thing that I've never I, I think that my dad and I had like, I don't feel I missed out on something or I didn't do something or I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have said this or I wish I would have yeah. spent more time or nothing, you know, for whatever flaws or issues we had, that was a real relationship, right? Yeah. Like it was real. We had our good times and we had our not so good times and we, you know, and we had all of our just regular like father daughter relationship. And it's even the ugly moments. Sometimes it's, feels good because it's like oh it was a real relationship it wasn't a pretend it wasn't a superficial um and ultimately we our last words were beautiful words together so um so I never felt like I was I was chasing after something and I think a lot of people in they they're like oh it's my last chance to whatever and so that's why they show up in those moments which is why it was a circus with my dad because everybody was like oh my god you know trying to like yeah. I'm like, well, that's on y'all. Like <laughs> y'all have, have unfinished business, you know, he might haunt you, but <laughs> like, <laughs> See, well, I mean, this is interesting. Cause my, my, you know, my gr- Grammy, she, you know, I feel like they said, you know, when I arrived and cause I came from Southern California, they're like, she's been waiting for you, you know? And so I came in and, you know, and she, mm. she held my hand and talked to me. Um, and I do feel like even though the, my life predating that with the, how to get like finishing my doctorate program and having a kid were intense. I, I do. There's a lot of regret. I wish I could have taken care of her more or been more mm-hmm. around her more, you know, um, even, I guess I wish there were more of that, uh, you know, where she would, yeah. you know, put, like tell me not to play with my hair or not, you know, or to brush it. Or I just, those grandma moments. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, um, it all, it all comes to the forefront in these moments. Yeah. I, I feel some of that. And like, anytime I, I feel like, Oh, I wish I could have one more moment. One more moment would still not be good enough. Yeah. It wouldn't, there's nothing that would ever be enough for me to be like okay I'm good now because I, I will always it just there will always be a longing for more and more and more and right and it's okay to have that feeling and to know that it's not going to happen either you know so when I when I find myself wishing oh, I wish I had one more moment but then I would still wish for another one after that like it would it would there's never enough 
No, it's never yeah. enough because it's not forever. It's not. I mean, that kind of mortality is pivotal. I'm thinking we're not, we need to take pictures of our family and post them <laughs> like for this, you know, day of the dead. Well, oh, yeah. and, and I think what it's reminding me of is just because I, my larger family doesn't, you know, honor this, this, this time of the year. They don't believe that the veil is thin. Mm. There's no, and there is a, like we talked about this a lot in the podcast. It's like, you know, like a forgetting, you know, and, yeah. um, and I really, I love that we have this conversation because I want to remember. Okay. Like, so we, we do have to wrap up, but okay. yes, 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 we do. I'm wondering is if as we go out, I think we should play another song. <laughs> Wait, um, make sure you share the sound too. I don't know if you, I think you did it. Oh, time. did I not last time? I don't, well, I could hear it. I don't but, know how that will translate for me. I'm sure it'll be fine. Anyways. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, let me, let me. What are you going to play? Are you going to play Coco now? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> you are but this version uh, okay no. uh, there's, there's, a, there's an ad but can you hear it more now i can totally yeah okay and i could hear it before um okay so we'll just play it remember me we'll just play on our way out so obviously there's there's more that we can talk about you know, you plan on you know having a few other episodes that you know have us talking about death and processing this time of the year and heard back from my friend so i'm gonna talk to her this week okay so thank Let's you all see. thank you all and thank you for listening leave you with okay. With you, the only way that I can be until you're in my.